Welcome to another podcast by Dr. Dennis Smith, Senior Pastor of Covenant Life Ministries. To find out more, go to lifeandfocustv.com. Does anybody know what Hakuna Matata means? No worries. A popular song back in the 80s by Bobby McFerrin. Some of you would remember, most of you probably remember, Don't Worry, Be Happy. Now, there's a catch, it's a catch little tune, stanza, and, and the ending of the stanza, it always comes back to this. In your life, expect some trouble, but when you worry, you make it double. Don't worry, be happy. I always love, you can find the amazing things on church signs. And the church sign had this up one time, said, don't let worries kill you, let the church help. <laughs> uh, some people are, are chronic worriers. We call them worry warts in the South. And it's just, these are the ringing hands, people like this all the time. Um, uh, my mom and, and uh, the grandchildren, my children know, my children uh, grew up calling her Mammy, and thus most of you called her Mammy before she went home to be with the Lord. She loved the Lord. She loved people. Wonderful woman, wonderful mother. But she was a worrier. She constantly worried about things, that just ridiculous things sometimes. <laughs> Worrying. I, I grew up in that environment. You know, back when we were going to be attacked by Cuba and everything, I mean, that was, it was bad around the house. Lightning struck one day and she took us down to our knees. She thought that we were, she thought that this was a bomb and that we were in for it. But geez, she, she was in a sense a woman of faith. She certainly had faith in Jesus Christ, but she dealt with this area that we call worry or, or being anxious. Now, then there's some people who don't seem to have a great deal of problem with that. They, they just don't worry about a lot. And that's a good thing if people can be that way. But there's Extreme to that, there's some people who just don't care. I just don't care, you know? And um, this is carelessness. It's not living without care, it's just care, we don't care. It doesn't matter what happens. Now, you know, I've got today and next Sunday, I'm gonna be talking a little bit about this. And, um, and this kind of leads out of the series where we're talking about, can I take God at his word? And then we're looking at this area, and then I'm going to move to another area on hearing God here in the next uh, in a few weeks. But um, begin thinking on this, meditating on it just actually a few weeks ago, on this thing of fear, worry, and anxiety. And how do people normally respond? When, when, you, when you hear a message or when people say, well, I'm going to preach today on don't worry, don't worry. How do people normally respond? Um, somebody said, oh, that's just great. I worry about everything and now the preacher preaches about it and I feel bad about worrying. And uh, then there are those who just kind of say, yeah, I don't really believe that's possible. I don't think it's possible to live a worry-free life. In this world, I just don't think that's possible. Then the response sometimes is, hey, it's no big deal. Everybody worries. Don't take it that seriously. It's no big deal. But here's the thing to remember. 
It is possible to live worry-free. And it is a big deal because it's sin. Because it's forbidden by the Lord. So take it seriously. So we make a confession here at the beginning. Because some people are going to feel like throwing up their hands and say, well, I've tried that before and I can't get to a place to where I don't worry because I'm just concerned about stuff. There's a difference between genuine concern and anxiety. Sometimes people have a problem drawing the line there, knowing the distinction, but there is a difference. But let's make a confession. If you can make this from your heart, say this with me. Number one, this is a process. I'm on my way. I believe I can live worry-free. So we're talking about living worry-free. It's good to start off with a conviction. Hey, this is possible. So we're going to say it again a little louder, like we mean it with determination. And we say, in getting to a place where I can do this, I haven't arrived yet, Pastor. I'm not there yet. But I remember, this is a process. Say it. But I'm on my way. I believe I can live worry-free. That's a strong statement, strong confession. Worry is like uneasiness. It's like anxiety, being disturbed, troubled, panic. Uh, the Greek word, uh, the, the Greek word actually is, is, can be divided into two words. Uh, and the marinao is the Greek word which comes from two words that means to divide and mind, to divide mind. Kind of takes us back to uh, in the New Testament, in the book of James, where it talks about the double-minded man will not receive anything from the Lord. And when it's talking about anxiety, it's just kind of like the person that drifts into believing confidence and everything, but then they drift over into doubt and anxiety and trouble. So the mind is not settled in faith and rest. It's a divided mind. No real peace there. A worry is fear in search of a cause. And most of the awful things that people imagine will that'll happen with them actually never happen. Winston Churchill, he said in his, in his last years, he said, when I look back on all these worries, I remember the story of the old man who said on his deathbed that he had had a lot of trouble in his life, most of which never happened. Worry is common today. It's people's favorite pastime. It's America is one of the most affluent societies, but one of the most worry-filled societies. Therefore, we spend money on security and mental illness and liquor and drugs and various other things because of the stress and worry. Someone said this way, said, I, I, there's, there's four categories of warriors. There's the Mayday warriors. Those people who dwell on remote or unlikely scenarios and they're always anticipating the worst. Then there's the yesterday warriors. They can't get past their past. They suffer from shoulda, woulda, coulda. Then there's the someday warriors that speculate about what might happen someday. The everyday warriors are just trapped by a cycle of constantly rehearsing the, the things, the trouble, the, the worries that they have. I believe when we look at what people worry about today, it can be summed up. Actually, we could say it could be summed up in four main areas that people worry, uh, areas where people worry. worry. But I've added another one because I think it is uh, 
I think it's significant. First of all, people worry about material things. Or their salary, will they have enough money to pay their bills, will they have food, will they have shelter, will they have clothing? They worry about stuff. Secondly, people worry about their health. Physical. Thirdly, people worry over their family. Family situations, trouble problems, and relationship problems. Then I've, uh, then fourthly, I've added this one. People worry about what people might think. Now, you could put that under the third category, relationships there, but I think this is such a biggie. Number four, what people might think is a lot of people uh, are bound by this people-pleasing uh, spirit, if you will, or this, this part of their life that's so, so drawn to always being concerned about what people might think. Now, we need to be concerned that we have a good reputation, don't we? We need to be a good witness. But when we're always troubled about what people's response, the peer pressure, the things, the pressure that comes on, it comes on our children at school, but it also happens, there's a lot of peer pressure in adults today where we're just wondering what people are going to think about us. People wonder that sometimes in worship. If I lift my hands in praise and worship or if I get very vocal with it or anything, if I move, I wonder what people are going to think. Sometimes people are troubled by that because they think, look, those people know me. I'm not perfect and I feel like a hypocrite if I begin to really praise the Lord. There's not a perfect person in this world, but are you a genuine worshiper? Then express it. Then express it. But people sometimes are worried about, and people when they're witnessing, sharing their faith, they're worried about what people are going to think about them. People concerned about how they dress, if they wear the right clothes, particularly young people get in there and have particular fads or, or clothing style or labels that they need to keep up with because if people are just worried about what others are going to think. I think it's a big issue, I think, particularly in this country. And the field theory is people worry about the future. Worry about the future. I mean, if you listen to or watch any news today, and you see the current events and the world events today, if you're not a person of faith, you're probably going to worry. Because this is a troubled world. Our nation is a troubled nation. People wonder, what, what about the future? Are my children going to be okay? Uh, what's going to happen in our country? Are we going to lose our freedoms? Are we, and all, all these things are going on. These are the main areas where people worry. I want us to go to a scripture very quickly in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, if you have your Bibles, or I think it'll be on the screen. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 34. And uh, we begin with verse 25. This is Jesus speaking. And actually, this comes out of a place where he says, that you can't serve God and mammon. Now, mammon's material wealth, material things. And so he's in this, uh, when you get to, the, when you get to the, this particular scripture, you need to, to understand that Jesus is really speaking about the people having problems worrying about material things in their lives. Because he says, you know, you can't serve God and material things too. You're going to trust God. Are you going to trust man, trust your own ability? You're going to have your mind on things. You're going to have your mind on him. And this is where he moves in to verse uh, 25. It says, therefore, I say to you, uh, the, the King James Version says, take no thought. Take no thought. That means take no anxious thought. Certainly, you think about what's going to happen. Take no anxious But we're reading from uh, the New King James Version says, do not worry. Jesus said, do not worry. Amplified Bible says, stop being anxious, perpetually uneasy, distracted about your life. Don't worry about what you'll eat, what you'll drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on. Is not 
is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? Um, sometimes people think that, well, can you get taller by worrying? Can you add an inch to your height? Uh, that, that actually, when you, when you study this and realize that the, this, the meaning here in the Greek is not so much about the increasing your height as it is increasing your life. Can you add a moment to your life? Can you add a moment? By worrying, are you going to add anything, add a moment to your life? Verse 28. So why worry? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more? Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, verse 31, do not worry. It's the second time Jesus says, do not worry. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? Or what will we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles, the pagans seek. For your heavenly Father, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God, his reign, his rule, his way of doing in your lives. Seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Verse 34, the third time Jesus says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. In other words, today's trouble is enough for today. Don't worry about the future, even though there will be problems in the future. There's a difference between being concerned and being a warrior. There's a, di a warrior. There's a difference between having uh, b between caring and being full of care we're told in the bible to plan and have forethought that's good but we're told to do not worthy worry do not worry or be anxious i want to look at <laughs> very quickly I, I want to give you some reasons not to worry people have all kinds of reasons why they worry let's talk about a few reasons not to worry I sum them all up in four things. You could name a lot of them at four things. Number one, stop worrying because worry makes you sick. Worry makes you sick. The Menneth Meyer, one of the largest psychiatric clinics in the world, said anxiety is considered to be the number one health disorder in America. They define anxiety as the emotion of a person, um, the emotion a person feels when they're facing perceived threat or danger ranging from a mild case of worry to a full-blown panic attack. It causes sleepless nights. It causes high blood pressure and all kinds of physical problems. Worry can make you sick both physically and emotionally and spiritually. And along with that, worry is contagious. Worry is contagious. I, I would make, this happens in families today, but I go back to my own situation that when I was brought in an environment to where my mom was a wonderful person was around, seemed to always be worrying, that affected me. I mean, she didn't intend to in a negative way, but it affected me. And that can happen to you parents. 
Your children can see whether you're really trusting God in that situation or see you all panicked, disturbed about. So if you're around someone that's worrying all the time, either help them or don't hang around them a whole lot, all right? Because worry is contagious. Now, secondly, worry is a waste. Worry is a waste. It's worthless. It's pointless. It accomplishes nothing. Someone wrote, I like this, says, worry never climbed a hill. Worry never paid a bill. Worry never dried a tear. Worry never come to fear. Worthy's like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it never gets you anywhere. It's just wasted time and energy. I mean, it's just worthless. It's a waste. It's estimated that 90% of our worries never materialize. We literally worry for nothing. Worry is unproductive. It can paralyze you. It never helps. Listen, there's nothing that you are doing, nothing in your life that worry will help. Worry will help nothing. All right? So there's a good reason not to worry. It's not going to help. It's just, well, it kind of makes me feel like, no, it's not going to help. It's not going to help. People are too busy reliving yesterday or fretting about tomorrow that they miss the moment. Don't waste the time of the day. Don't waste it worrying. Thirdly, worry dishonors God. This is a biggie. Another reason not to worry is because worry dishonors God. It's forbidden. It says don't worry. It says it more than once. It is a sin. It's a lack of faith. It reflects a lack of trust in God. Does he really love me? Will he take care of me? Will he be faithful? I know we don't like, you know, that sounds pretty serious, and it is. We don't, if we're worrying about something, we're, I think most of us as Christians, and we've all worried, and we all deal with this, I think. But I don't think we really consider the fact that when we're allowing this to be part of our life, that we're actually dishonoring God, we're distrusting, we're not trusting Him. That's big. And worries not from God. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear or worry, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. 1 John chapter 4, verse 18 says, There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. You're made perfect in love, complete in Him. You get to a place where you can rest in Him, His Word, and confidence in His love. There's no fear, there's no worry. You see, actually, worry discounts the Word. It discounts the Word. And the fourth reason not to worry is that worry discredits your witness as a believer, as a Christian. Worry will discredit your witness. Worrying is absolutely contrary to the Christian faith. Worrying is absolutely contrary to, contradictory to the Christian faith. Heard someone say, Christians who, who worry still say they believe God created the heavens and the earth, all that's in it. They believe that God redeemed them, broke the power of Satan, will take them to heaven. They just don't think they can take care of them today. You see, worry diminishes your faith. Jesus said, you dwell on these things, you worry about them. Oh, you little faith, why do you worry? Oh, people of little faith. That's going to hurt your witness with other people. None of us 
uh, well, we all have a way to go as believers. We can still grow in our faith. We can still grow in uh, that, you know, we understand that. But we do have an awesome opportunity and responsibility to be an example before other people, especially unbelievers. And when you're facing some type of trouble or, or situation going on and you're the one that's always talking about how worried you are or how feel for, fearful and they see that and they hear that from you, that's not a real good witness for Christ, is it? It's not representing him well. So I think that's one reason to take it seriously. When they see us, they need to see people of faith. All right? They, they, when, when they see us, they need to see that we're confident in a God who will take care of us. When they see us, they need to hear words of confidence and faith. All right? I mean, they need to see that in us. And I'm not saying that we do what we do in order to be seen by other people, but we are his representatives. We are to be witnesses in many different ways. And one of the ways we're witnesses is for them to see Christ in us. Jesus was never worried about anything. Oh, do you feel like we need to be like Jesus? Yes. Well, Jesus never worried about anything. And that's where we want to get. That's where we want to be. Amen? Amen. All right. So, let's quickly talk about some ways to kill worry. We need to overcome worry. Stop worrying. <laughs> I read an article, and this was, uh, this was an article from a fully, just a wholly psychological viewpoint, we would say a worldly viewpoint, humanistic. I read this article that was intriguing because it said, here's how you can stop worrying. And it gave four things to do. Oh, that sounds pretty good, but listen. He said, here's how you stop worrying. First of all, create a worry period. Designate a time between, they suggested, 5 o'clock p.m. and 5.20, and that's a time when you have permission to worry. Worry, cram all your worries into those 20 minutes and just worry, 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 because you're not going to worry any other time. That's your worry period. The other brilliant suggestion was you need to write down your worries. Now, that's something... That, we need to write down what we believe, not what we don't believe. We need, you know, and write down your worries. Thirdly, here's, this is amazing. Thirdly, go over your worry list. What happens when you rehearse things? It gets down deeper inside of you. It grows stronger inside of you. You're just building... You're building a stronghold. When you rehearse doubt and rehearse fears and rehearse worry, you're building a stronghold in your life that's more difficult to break free from. Yes? Yes? Go over your worry list. Fourthly, this is amazing. Talk about your worries to others. In other words, just spread all the good news around. Now we do, it's good to have people that you can confide in and talk with. That's not what I'm talking about, but this is absolutely ridiculous. I heard about one guy that was a constant worrier and he realized, listen, I, I, need, I need change in my life. This can't keep happening like this. And so what he decided to do was to hire a professional worrier and pay him $1,000 a week. And his friends came to him and he said, how in the world are you going to pay for that? He says, I don't know. I'm going to let him worry about it. <laughs> well... 
that's not a solution. Go to, with me to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. I'm going to read verse 4 and then verses 5 through 8. Listen, the book of Philippians focuses on, one of the main themes of Philippians is joy. Joy. And this was written by Paul when he was behind bars in prison for his faith. But the theme is joy. And here's what he writes from that place. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. In other words, always be full of the joy in the Lord. New Living Translation says, don't worry about anything. New King James Version says, be anxious for nothing. Instead, pray about everything. Verse 5. Tell God what you need and thank Him. Thank Him for all He's done. In other words, it says, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. Verse 7. Then you'll experience God's peace. It exceeds anything, everything, anything that you can understand. It surpasses all understanding. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. What a wonderful promise. Verse 9. Now, uh, verse 8, I'm sorry. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thought, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. You fix your thoughts on what's true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Verse 9. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, do them. Do these things, and the God of peace will be with you. So, let's close things out by me hitting on ways to root out fear or worry or to overcome worry, all right? And it's, a lot of it's based on what we just read in Philippians chapter 4. You overcome worry by replacing it with prayer. Instead of worrying, pray. Pray. If you've got something you're concerned about, take it to God. Turn it over to Him. Get in the book. Get in the Word. Luke 18.1 says Jesus was speaking to them in a parable that men ought always to pray and not lose heart. If you're going to get rid of worry, then you need to substitute prayer for worry. Don't think and dwell on those things. Commit them to the Lord. Make your request known to Him. Secondly, praise. Rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. Praise. And thanks. Because the enemy has a way, and, and living in the world we live in, has a way of getting you to a place to where uh, you don't feel like you've got anything to really praise the Lord about. You don't really feel like praising, or you don't feel like you have anything to be thankful for. And it's extremely important for us, even when you don't feel like praising, even when you don't feel that grateful emotionally, understand, begin to understand who God is, His greatness, His goodness, and praise the Lord. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Exalt Him. Honor Him. Give Him thanks. You begin counting your blessings, you realize, you know, if you're facing some tough times, it's just good to get your mind off all those tough times and just start getting your mind on other things, which brings us to number three, fix your mind on good things. Instead of worrying, fix your mind on good things. First of all, certainly fix it on your word. Don't focus on your trouble. Focus on God. One of the ways to do that is recall past victories. Lord, they don't need me worrying because look how you helped me then and then and then. Look how you helped me through that situation and overcome. So, Lord, you are faithful. And recall those victories. That's a good way to fix your mind on past victories. But then fix your mind on his word and his promises. 
And don't focus on your trouble. He said, these are things you need to think about. And he named it. He said, you need to think about what's good report. Positive things. Things that are excellent. When he says, fix your thoughts on or fix your mind, that is a command, if you will. That's instruction. It's a command. And the Word will not give you something to do that you're incapable of doing without God's help. You, you are capable of doing it with His help. Maybe not in our own strength, but God's not going to call you to do something. He's not going to enable you to do. And when we're told to fix our mind on certain things, then, we're, then that's, a, that's a way that the Bible's telling us that we have the ability and the responsibility to decide what we're going to be thinking about. Fleeting thoughts may come through that you don't really want there, but you can get rid of those. He says, what you need to do is focus your mind on the right things. Don't get care to get focused your mind on the right things. I find that this is very challenging to do. But if we can learn to do that, it'll turn things around. For some of you, it'll turn things around in your life. If you'll fix your, if you'll fix your mind on the right things instead of your mind on everything that's going wrong and all that's negative and all of that. You see, the Bible talks about taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Now, that means that you, certainly with the help of the Holy Spirit, you can take bad thoughts, wrong thoughts captive, and you can release and think on the right things. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. We have the mind of Christ, the ability, the potential. Fix your mind. Hey, the battlefield is in the mind. And that's so often, that's, that's where we need to approach. If we're going to overcome worry, then we need to learn to control our thought life and what we dwell on. Amen? Uh, the, the last thing is, uh, and that comes into the verse, uh, the last verse we read there where it talks about seeking the kingdom of God. This may seem a little unusual to say, well, here's how you can stop worrying is to seek first the kingdom. But when we say the kingdom of God, though there will be a literal and physical place, the kingdom of God, and there is in heaven, we could refer to that as kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God. Often when the Bible talks about kingdom of God, it's not talking about a specific place. It's talking about a state of heart or, or, or where we are in our life. In other words, we could say seek first his kingdom. That means we're to seek first his reign in our life. His rule in our life. His way. When you're seeking first the kingdom, you want to live by kingdom principles. So you're wanting to do things His way, which is what the Word. You have to go to the Word to find out what His way is. And you're going to line up your thoughts with His way, His Word. You're going to line up your life with His way, His Word. And you're going to put that first. And if you and I will, if you and I will purposely make that choice, that decision, say, Lord, I'm going, to, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to depend on the Holy Spirit. I'm going to live according to these kingdom principles, and I'm going to intentionally cast all my care on you, knowing you care for me. First Peter chapter 5, verse 6 and 7, the Bible says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, and he will exalt you in due time. Amplified Bible, verse 7 says, Casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, and all your concerns once and for all on him. Casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, and all your concerns once and for all on Him. Wow. The reason you could do that 
the rest of the verse, for he cares for you, Amplified Bible, with deepest affection and he watches over you very carefully. What an encouraging word. We're invited to cast all our cares, our burdens, our worries, all these, we're invited to cast them over. In other words, to, to, to rest in him, not carry the load of that, to trust him. We're not only invited to do that, in fact, we're commanded to do that. People today, uh, you know, have a lot of different things they worry about, and some of them are absolutely crazy, ridiculous. Most of them worry about the things that never happen, never come to pass. And people in America and oftentimes people even in church can get all wrapped up in worrying about things, daily things, daily activities, things in the family, you know, bills, all those, all those things and worrying about, worrying about the future. But sometimes people don't give any care or concern for what's really important. They get tied all up in that, you know, they... They put filters on their faucets. They install air ionizers in their homes. They use antibacterial soap. Um, while at the same time, 20% of them still smoke. 20% don't use seat belts. And two-thirds of them are overweight or obese. We're a little mixed up when it comes to worrying at times, or at least, let's say, being concerned about things. You know, people worry about daily things or concerned about it even those absolutely crazy, ridiculous things. But unfortunately, there's some who give no thought to the most important thing, and that is their relationship to God and where they'll spend eternity. Worried about something that is just so trivial and temporal and it's just going to be here and gone. Worrying about something they can't do anything about but they don't seem to be concerned at all about the fact that for every one of us, this life's going to come to an end and Jesus is coming again and that all of us, all of us will come to a place to where we'll spend eternity with him in heaven or eternity as we term it hell or separated from him in darkness and suffering. God never sent anyone to, heal, to hell. It was, hell wasn't plan for man. It was planned for the devil and his angels, the demons. If anyone goes to a place of separation, this horrible place today, it is by their own choice, by not receiving Christ as their Savior. Today, I want to share how important it is. You're in this congregation, you're in this building today, and you've never personally invited Christ in your heart. You haven't thought a lot about what's going to happen after this life where you're going to spend eternity. What about it? Don't worry about it. Do something about it. And today is the day to do something about it. You can say, Pastor, I've been all caught up in this other stuff, but today, today I want to surrender my life to Christ. And I want to be sure about my relationship with Him and where I'm going to spend eternity. Some of you here today God's really dealing with you about that. What a great opportunity to do something about it today. I want us to stand, worship team. Any who can will come up here. We're going to close out today.
And as we move into worship in just a moment, you know me to know that I don't always just have what we call an altar call, but this place is always available for people to come and respond as the Lord leads them. But then there are some times that I just feel drawn to give people an opportunity to respond. And there's two main areas. I'm going to invite you to respond this morning and take a step of faith and actually step out and come here so that we can just pray over you. And if you'd like to talk about any of these things, we'd be glad to talk with you. First, so very important. You may have attended church most of your life or may not have. You may have... Um, you may have lived what some people call a, a good moral life, and you may not have. Doesn't matter. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all need to be saved. We all need Jesus in our life if we're going to spend eternity with Him. If we're going to enjoy the life He intended for us to have here, you're missing out on the very best if Jesus is not Lord of your life. So I'm going to give an opportunity. If today you want to step out and say, Pastor, God has spoken to me down deep inside. I know it's Him. I know it has to be God that's calling and saying, it's time. It's time to quit pretending. It's time to stop playing around with this thing. And it's time to surrender my life to Christ and be born again or become a Christian today. When the worship team begins, invite you to come. Love for you to come make that decision today. The other thing is, the other primary thing, I want to invite you to come if some of you have been dealing with this area of anxiety, you've been troubled about some things, worried over some things, and you just want to come forward saying, Lord, once and for all today with your help, I want to cast all this care over on you. And I'm going to learn how to live a worry-free life with your help. And I'm making that commitment today. And I'm coming today to let you know that, that that's my heart. Father, speak to us through your word now, through the worship. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for reaching out and calling, for speaking to people, even in this place today. Help them to be obedient and just do what you tell them to do now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Okay. 